All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Philippine American Stories podcast. We here want to better understand the different aspects of the Philippine American diaspora. We cover topics such as, but are not limited to, history, community, and Philippine American culture. And I am your host, Alfredo. And we are here with episode five for season two. And we are about halfway towards our goal for episodes, or for about like 10 episodes for this season. And this episode was pretty amazing. So our guest for today is Avril, aka Odd Vision, aka AV. And he is an MC, an educator, and he's been a homie of mine for about four years now, going on five starting next year. And man, this was such a, like, this conversation, like, once you start hearing it and everything, you could tell it's just, it's just a straight up, like, homie vibe kind of catch up kind of thing. Like, this was a long overdue kind of conversation that Avril and I, like, I mean, like, when you're listening to this conversation, it's just like, this is naturally how Avril and I speak to each other. Like, we don't really need like some kind of script when it comes to talking like everything like we just bounce off these kinds of ideas and it's just this kind of conversation was long overdue because i had a lot of questions about like his projects that just came out and just like life uh living as a transplant uh, in the bay area from san diego and everything and it was just like a cultivation of just a whole bunch of different things that i personally didn't know until this conversation and it was just like amazing and everything really comes full, full circle with like the music that he's been putting out this year and just how life has been going for the past like few years or so and it was just I, I would just like say it was a dope conversation overall and like I said like when once you hear it it's literally just a homey kind of catch-up vibe and I'm really hoping that y'all will get that kind of like natural conversation flow from it because I, I personally like I love this conversation a lot and yeah, again, with that being said, uh, I present to you episode five for season two. All right, welcome back, everyone. We're here for another dope episode for the podcast. We have another amazing guest. Uh, he is an MC, an organizer, and an educator. I've known him for about like four years now. We got Avril on this episode. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? dude it's so weird because like all, all the stuff we have like talked about i don't think we've like i mean we've had like sit downs before but like mm. not on this kind of like formal setting we'll like spit like here and there about like certain things but it's not like what we'll, we'll sit down for like an hour or so just talking about like all this stuff and it's it's kind of dope because like i know you've been like emceeing for a while like you you got me into like san diego organizing again oh, and i'm just like oh we never had like reflection time on this so like this is tight I know it's kind of like a, it is very much like a reunion of sorts, even though I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> it's really Oh, dope. dude, 100%, man. So <laughs> like, I mean, just go, getting into it, like, I never really asked the story of everything, but like, you've been emceeing, organizing, and doing educational work for a while, but how did you get started, like, with all of these? Okay, so if I can, you know, say it succinctly in a full full story i basically got started by being the only filipino in my um, scholarship program at city college in san diego and that pretty much led me so they're trying to find me resources to be more in tune to the filipino community so um one of the uh, counselors actually knew um judy paktaxil right and she pretty much went to the first screening of 
well the only screening but a screening of like this like one minute like film festival thing that i won based off of like a mental health based like film contest so pretty much it was like promoting like the health center at city college and then um judy was there as like a um a guest and then she invited me to a Delano Manon's um, showing at um, Miramar College. And that's when I met John. And then that kind of just led into this like snowball effect of like meeting John from camp or the Kuya'ata mentorship program. And then being in that program for like three-ish years or so, I really don't remember. And then that kind of led me right before, like literally it was so funny, like right before or like a few months before, that's when I got contacted with are connected with you just through like friends of friends. I don't remember exactly where, but from that point, I just remember this, like when we were talking about like when we would just chop it up, I remember the day when we met and it, or not met, but like really sat and talked about like organizing and just being in a similar space of like uh, uh, with Amanda, who was the ED at the time with camp. And then that's when it kind of just became like, I just seeing you in different facets with like our facets with, um, like Unipro and even like um I mean like correct me if I'm I'm wrong like even just like seeing you in the facet of like the um night market and stuff like I just saw you just like blow up and I was just like oh dang that's really dope like that's pretty much like where I started and where I met you you know <laughs> um and then like emceeing kind of just became like the thing like that like worked along with it where like whatever I was informed of whether it's history or just like being in the community all kind of came into the music that I was making. Like I started off like making music just like um, as an artist that like most people like just seeing it on YouTube. And then I'm like, Oh, I can definitely do that. Like I was already interested. I just wanted to do something that was representative of who I was, but also like just how I was feeling at the time. So a lot of it was like, like heartbreak music or like girl like I'm trying to talk to this like girl type thing and then it became <laughs> reflective of like who I was um at the time where I wasn't really focusing on that and I was just focusing on like what it meant for me to be in this community kind of like taking influences from like like as the obvious like bamboo and like um and uh Prometheus Brown from like Blue Scholars like those were the two that were kind of like my like Andres Bonifacio and um and my Jose Rizal kind of like MCs of my life at the time and then it just grew on from there <laughs> Ooh, dude actually I think what when I met you I think that's when the start of just uh listening to more like Filipino Filipinex like artists from California yeah. started like resurging because like I've listened to Bamboo before and I think the first time I even heard about Bamboo was through a camp workshop, actually. Oh, sick. So it's kind of like, oh, it kind of came full circle. Like, you, you reintroduced me to, like, this kind of, like, different West Coast Filipino hip-hop and everything. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think looking back, I, I do remember the first time, like, I actually saw you um, MC before. And it was actually, I think it was at a, um, I think it might have been, like, at a Paka, uh, Paka event or Paka Ka Isa yeah. Western. That was, like, yeah, my last I, performance in San Diego. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that was... You you were doing like um I think it was a remix or a cover of like Lauren Hill's like mm -hmm. wop. I'm just oh, like yeah? oh yeah oh man sorry I always like I always cringe to that because I'm just like man I really had the the gall to be like up to part of Lauren Hill. <laughs> Yo, but dude, it was a tight track though, and like I think yeah you were I don't remember if you were the headliner or not, but I think it was either you or Sherwin. 
that were oh, like one of the last yeah. few and i think i have that video somewhere but like Dude. after that event was when like i started really connecting with you and everything and then mm-hmm. i think like i started asking you more about camp and i was like yo should i do this and everything and then you explained it then mm-hmm. we ended up having that powwow with amanda and it's just like it, it's kind of history from there yeah i mean oh man that that performance was like me kind of believing that like even if I were to be gone for such a long time that I felt the comfort to be like this is like my my like me leaving kind of thing I I still remember that day to the extent that I'm like I was like growing my hair out I wore this like Bruno Mars hat (laughs) um and uh and knowing like at the time I was really just like trying to like get my pen game strong you know but also realizing like um that there's a lot of things that um I still needed to work on with my like theory into practice kind of thing where it's just like knowing I had a certain extent of understanding of what it meant to like work in the community, but it was still just like writing from like a very like new place. So I, oh man, that like that time was really interesting. And then like seeing like the transition for like, like just watching from afar up in the Bay to like seeing what you and like um, all the organizations that you've been like part of has definitely like been influential into like knowing like, what it meant to be in the space you know even though i wasn't there yeah dude it's kind of just like it's, it's kind of like you're reflecting a little bit from afar and everything and it's just mm-hmm. also it's wild to think that was like even though like i just met you that year that was also like you're kind of like little last powwow before you left because i think you left what um a month a month or two before before that like i remember you had your like birthday thing yeah, over yeah. at like the beach or something and like yeah, yeah, yeah. i think that's when i started like meeting all the camp folk and then like again history from there it's just like a, a lot happened during like those three months or whatever and i'm just like yo yeah i mean that's you it, i feel like it's so funny because again like it was it was very much like uh like a flag football pass or whatever you know like i would just be like like there you go alfredo like I'm going, but I'm still here for you, man. Like, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, uh, because yeah, dude. Honestly, I felt that for sure. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of wild just to to think about it because of how much time has passed. Because like um, moving forward, like again, it was kind of one of those things. Like when I moved up here, I felt like like um, I wasn't just the only like Philam rapper up in the Bay. You know, there was a lot more that had like their own kind of set standard especially at sf state like it was it was kind of interesting to see what i what i wanted to be versus like what i was seeing too because like most of the folks that i met were like already established in their own right in different ways so i was kind of building from the ground up in a different area and it was kind of wild to see where i thought i was but gladly knowing like um like it was all for just like learning a craft in a different area was so different it was nice too though but yeah <laughs> dude the amount of growth like i've seen you with like emceeing and everything has been like super wild i know you've been trying to do like a lot more i don't know more like i don't know what the the word is but like your stuff has gotten a lot more like intentional in that kind of sense and mm-hmm. like i don't know dude i i see you like coming up like quite a lot and i remember there was a i don't remember who posted it i think it might have been you or rocky rocky g and mm-hmm. he like he posted something on Twitter that was like, yo, these are like the next like next gen or next like rookies or whatever coming up. And then yeah. like he was on there, you were on there, and like a whole bunch of other people were on there too. Oh dude, that was that's a trip because 
I, you know, I feel like there's like the sense of comparison because like Rocky G has been definitely like, he was one of the dudes, like he was one of the dudes to see me when I moved up and he was just like, yeah, like I'm totally at a, a different level because he's just established himself more in the space, you know? So that was really nice to see him. He he posted that up and me being part of that list was really nice because I always feel like I'm still like consistently learning and that I'm not exactly at the same space. But I kind of like at this moment in time, especially since I've had the free time to think about it, I'm like, well, I'm a creator in the space. And that's like there's no necessary level. There's just more experience, you know, and I, I don't see that as like any any good or bad. Like definitely like there's a lot more like when I saw him like collaborating with like illa manila and stuff i was like dang dude like this is definitely like this is where i want to be but i i definitely need to be more happy about it than like try and seem like it's uh like a hit to me because everybody's at like their own experience and timing you know oh dude 100 man you got to give yourself that kind of validity especially with like artistry because it's like if you're putting yourself to like a certain standard or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean you have to like hold yourself to a higher standard but if like it's too far away from like where you're at it's like Mm -hmm you're not really going to give like your authentic self. And I feel like that's what you've been doing because like you've been giving a lot more authentic, like, I don't know, just like what, whether it be like your beats or just like whatever you've been writing lately, it's like, it's, it's very you. Definitely. And you know, as much as like, um, as much as like it's been four years up here is like, it still consistently comes from a space of like knowing that this isn't where I grew up, but this is where I'm growing, you know? So I feel like, that's what the perspective that I feel like I can bring um, similarly, but like not exactly like the same as like how I feel like my dad had to live in a different country and like move and stuff. Like if I were to go into that just like a little bit, it's like me moving away and having the general idea of what it meant to, you know, survive away from your family or like the comfort zone of like where you grew up and everything. So kind of going back into it is basically when I created home, that was kind of me understanding like what it meant from like, at least the point of view of my dad, what it meant to be like in a place that you're trying to create as your home. Right. So like flashback, like four years ago, um, I started off in this area of Hayden Ashbury, which is like smack dab, if not almost smack dab into the middle of San Francisco. And I thought that was my new comfort zone or that was my new community, right? So for a month, I had dealt with like a lot of stuff. Like it was like the first month I was like, like getting used to just living in San Francisco, living in the house that wasn't my house for like, you know, that whole time. And then just like learning how to use public transportation because like San, San Diego, as much as it's there is like I had a car most of the time and I had to give like like big ups to people that grew up in the city because that's like their second hand or like, you know, seeing it like as as natural as possible. Right. And um, and then there's like a whole other things like I had an uncle pass away and certain things like that. So like when I started off that um, that project, it was literally starting off like the first place that I lived and then all the places that I lived there before. So when it came down to just like my artistry at that point, like I was just like, I need to make something that tells a story in which that like pretty much in the idea of like what this is, like sampling different parts of my like my journey, my journey in order for me to um, to at least start off with something that I feel like is authentic is like what you said. So like every single name of the project uh, or every single track of the project 
every single name is like uh, represents a place that I've lived and there's all like I don't know, it's like seven tracks so that's where I was like damn I really had like um the experience of a as a as a um as a transplant in the bay area because i say bay area because like most people say bay area or say san francisco and think oh it's just san francisco or um intertwine it with like bay area but like the bay is so big compared that like i have to like make sure that i didn't i only lived in like san francisco maybe for roughly like the first six months or or less and and the rest have been like like um san francisco adjacent you know so that's pretty much like how i kind of started off with like the experience of like i know i wanted to have a whole project where i'm like like rapping and like being able to produce my own stuff but the time kind of like led it up to being like this is um at first like the idea of um soundtracking that journey first oh okay this makes I, I never reached out to you about like what was the whole thing behind it and everything but like uh hearing you explain just how like the project home was like working out and like seeing the titles and everything i'm like oh this makes a lot more sense because i've known you me- i've known you mentioned it like mm-hmm. a few times or like even just like slipping it in with conversations about like where you were staying at and everything and it's just th- this project makes a lot more sense and like going back to the hall that's authenticity thing it is very much a storytelling project in itself Mm -hmm. i mean it's so i feel like i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some props too dude because i think when i saw your first book i was like wow you're really doing it for people in the area that are like contributing to the community right and for me i felt like that kind of storytelling definitely um reflects of like the area that we grew up in right um and i think like for me that's where like living in a different city most people will have more of the the fantasy or like the romantic side of what that means right living in san francisco most people are like wow you're in the bay right like it must be expensive it must be really cool because it's like a really cool place and i'm like yeah it is but like like by say the second or third track of that um or of like the second or third year of me living here i was really much with the local um community right i was i mean just as of recent like the first like my real experience of san francisco if not the bay area was working in the south of market which is one of the most dwindling but like still prominent like filipino areas which like was created in that idea now being called soma filipinas which was um dubbed in to being a cultural district however like there's like give or take like a handful of filipino families and community members still there other than the the organizations that have been there for the last like i'm gonna just say hella years because i don't remember exactly i want to say 50 but more or less so yeah it, it really like when i was making home i had to like see it from a transplant's point of view i'm not gonna rep the bay in the same way that people from the bay are because that would be disrespectful like even in the sense of my sound, I feel like I've tried to still stick to what I liked versus like even knowing because like there's like that influence, right? Like, like I try and listen to some like like San Diego cats, and I'm like I don't even sound like that, right? I feel like for the most part, I'm just trying to see what my authentic self and and voice as an artist is, and for the most part, has always been just trying to like like enjoy what I'm making and 
say the truth and what I'm like writing and um, performing. And for the most part, like um, tell a story because I feel like for the most part, like I don't want to just kind of go into the machismo of hip hop and all, you know, where it's like, oh, I'm really good at rapping and this is what I can do. And not saying that that's a bad thing, but I know I can do that. And sometimes I do because that's the enjoyable part. But like, at least for my projects, no matter where I'm at, like audience wise or whatever, because that's like a whole nother thing as an artist um, that for me, I was just like my first project has to be something that I can look back at and be like, wow, this is something that I made and something for my family or for me, you know, which, you know, kind of shows in the samples like I use like my mom, my niece in the beginning. And then like there's like little sprinkles of like me in an interview with like a teacher and then also um, some advice that I've gotten from like my dad in an interview I had to do for like an ethnic studies course. So it's all kind of like worked out together in its own way. <laughs> oh, dude, honestly, that's really dope because I mean, just looking back at it, I mean, you just, I mean, I know you posted this like what earlier this year, but it's like, mm-hmm. if you're looking back at it from, I don't know, maybe like a year from now, maybe like two years or five years, mm-hmm. it's like, it, it is like a reflector, uh, reflectory kind of like tool because like you get to see what it's like being that transplant you get to see what it's like transitioning from san diego to like the bay area or like whatever area in the bay that you're in and it's just like i don't know it's like going to the whole like influences thing that you're talking about yeah like even though you are living in the bay but that doesn't necessarily make someone like a bay area like i don't know like they bit like someone that's like lived there for like their whole life of everything. So I think just, I don't know, addressing the whole transplant thing. And it's like, I, I really like the, this whole storytelling it, especially now that you're elaborating like way more on this project, because I remember you said that this was going to be like a completely different project, but like mm-hmm. now it's like this thing that's just, oh, it's, this is literally like what your journey of home looks like. Yeah, I mean, it's so wild because I think about it. So I, I did like the artisty thing and I was like, I'm turning this in on my 25th birthday because I need something to show like going into 25th birthday, you know. <laughs> and um, and then when I when I released it, I was like, at first I was kind of skeptical because like I can pinpoint like things that I could have done better. But I just at that point, it's like one of those things it's like if you're holding, you know, all this like great art that, you know, if you don't like like if you're not able to just like put it out there, then sometimes it's just going to be there and sitting. And I was telling myself like, this is the year, no matter what, like I need to do it. Um, Because it was a lot of like in a, in a way like healing. Right. So kind of showing into like my new work too. It's like, I wanted it to be something that was like in the idea, in the idea of being therapeutic, but knowing that it's not the only thing. Like I try um, like a lot of the things that I'm talking about, or at least like representing in the the music of home really show like how it felt like living in these different points of my life. Like, um, like I can go through like the whole list and just be like, Oh, this is, this reminds me of that. Or like, um, like if you don't mind, I can like give an example. So oh no, do go ahead. Absolutely. I want to hear more of this. Um, so like as an example, right? Like if, if I were to go through the whole story, it's pretty much starts in like every place that I've lived and I'm like gonna like reference it because just in case I miss like uh if I miss a song then that would be hella bad but so I started I already kind of explained love and hate you know first time living in the Bay Area or in San Francisco specifically and just kind of like 
loving the place, but also knowing like, and the idea of hate, which is literally spelled as the street and everything. Um, it was like hate being in the idea that I like, I don't like being away from my family. I mean, when, you know, I had my uncle pass away in that time, it, I already had to like go back after being there for a month and just kind of like unpacking like, wow, this is really long. Like I didn't have my car at that time. So I actually like took a train. So I felt in that first instance how far it was. And then I moved away from um, Hayden Ashbury. And then I moved into this area called Ingleside, which is like roughly um, in the same area as San Francisco State. But it's like the most compacted like it like. Like you think like when neighborhoods are like super like packed up in San Diego, which is not really that packed up. Like this is like the condensed, condensed version, dude. Like like houses connecting together. Um, I was in this time on Ingleside. I lived on this. Um, I lived in this nine person home where it was like pretty much um, a person per room. And then um, but it was like it was zoned out to be so bad that um there was only one exit out of the house so it was already kind of breaking like fire laws and stuff um so i and it's called no ingleside parking just based off the fact that when i did bring up my car i was just like oh i couldn't even um technically live in this area because i would be coming home at like three in the morning or something because i just didn't like living or staying in that space like all the time so i'd always be out you know kind of just like unpacking oh i'm away from home so i met people to be home with you know that uh i actually wouldn't sleep in the area or in the house that i was like renting out to so a certain extent i started like parking my car and sleeping in it at this time and it was uh it was kind of one of those things where i was just like all right like this is just my journey in living in san francisco because it was just like at the point where if i parked too far and i tried walking all the way it would be too dangerous and just like all this other stuff and at certain points, I would even just like, um, I would like bunk up with like homies and just like stay at their place, even though I was still paying like seven forty for rent or whatever. <laughs> so like stories like that, like that's pretty much just like going forward. Like I started living in Daly City, which is like the national city of San Francisco, because that's actually a big population of Filipino neighborhoods, you know, um, like you can pinpoint like the like the malls being like one-to-one to to being like oh that's plaza bonita um or like there's like local spots that you can go to for food and all that and it's just like it's very much felt like home and then uh like kind of going down just like the track list even uh like city of souls which is actually not like it doesn't this is the only one that doesn't or one of the only ones that doesn't have like um a direct name but city of souls is actually the name of colma um, because it actually is a part of San Fran, well, a part of like Daly City, San Francisco, you know, adjacent, whatever, that actually has more dead people than alive because all of the, um, pretty much the, the graveyards or whatever in San Francisco actually got moved to Colma, and um, so that there's like these like weird horror stories where San Francisco has like people finding like dead bodies in their house because they didn't even realize like they were like living on top of like old um graveyards and stuff anyway but that one's like kind of a pivotal moment of the story because that's when i actually dealt with um displacement in san francisco or bay area and uh it was kind of like the worst experience out of all of them just knowing like i had to deal with like one we're getting kicked out after only living in a place for a month and um and just being displaced uh for a while and uh 
yeah, kind of transitioning to where I lived the last couple times was where um, Leanne, my partner, um, we lived with her family for a few um, for a few months in Hayward, which was across the Bay Area in the East Bay. And then we lived in East Oakland, like deep East Oakland, meaning like we're in a definitely in a different like socioeconomic status of like where we are now in Oakland. And it was very much reflective if I were to give like a neighborhood like similar would be like Lemon Grove or even like going toward like in Kento area. And uh, it was just like a lot of different stuff and then full circle leading to where I'm living currently now. And it was just kind of like seeing like this whole process being like, oh, okay, so I'm I'm living what most transplants, if not most Bay Area folks live in the idea that like housing is never secure and also like trying to find that as home in any kind of regard of like comfort or even just like knowing of stability like even now like kind of thinking about like having to move like I've only lived here relatively a year and a half and I'm still moving you know but you know different circumstances but it it definitely was like kind of like playing with the idea like what is home and um how do we make home even though when the the place of in which you live is um not stable so that's like pretty much the whole breakdown of home (laughs) Ooh, I'm really happy you elaborated on like every single track because it's like, I mean, you, you've mentioned it before, man, like even just in like other conversations beside this, but like the whole romanticizing of like the Bay Area, I mean, like, yeah, it's fun and everything, but like for, for some people, like, I mean, with this whole situation or just like mm-hmm. talking about the whole stability thing, I mean, that's the reality for people up there. Like mm-hmm. it, it's getting, it's been getting like a lot more expensive. And I think like, did, did they start like doing like tolls on the the bay bridge again oh t- they never stopped for if anything man <laughs> like um it was it's so it's like that's like the other thing too like once you leave san francisco you're pretty much screwed money wise because a good chunk of your like other than gas like a good chunk of your money goes toward just the toll itself like at, at a certain point like it was like kind of um i was unaware because i would be um using like a like a fast pass but before it would be like five dollars one way and then going back like going out of san francisco you wouldn't necessarily need to pay so it would be like give or take if i'm there like you know six days out of the week you know that's like thirty dollars you know and sometimes it fluctuates depending on when you leave the East Bay to go to San Francisco. So it would like go from like three fifty to like five dollars or whatever, you know. Don't like, you know, quote me on like the amount, but it was generally just that much. So um, you know, most of my month or a good chunk of it would just be going toward that, if not going toward like like my gas, you know. <laughs> Dang, dude. Okay, so I'm looking at it right now. So apparently it's like seven bucks right now to get Oof. over yeah like and if you're doing that like every day like dude that's a lot of money just like trying to travel back and forth dude it's it was trippy knowing like if it wasn't that i'd be kind of in a decent space with money and like even being in in like our house for the last six months have definitely shown me how much i spent toward just doing that because i wouldn't be in san francisco for one thing if i did that then it would be just like it it wouldn't even be worth it you know um but even just on top of that since i'm driving like if i were to even give the add up of like how much i had to pay for parking alone like i would easily even if i didn't have to spend on food or even had to spend on like um just like a luxury purchase or whatever i really had paid like what 
almost $40 a day based off of like what I was paying for like gas and, and parking. And then also give or take like the, um, what's it called? The Bay area toll. So that's why I was just kind of like, like it was consistently just being like, yep, I'm just throwing most of my money to that. And that's why it was like very much a survival thing, you know, being out there. Like it was nice that I was working at the time or at least my most recent like, um, like coffee job. So like tips would mostly cover the idea of like what I'm spending for my daily. And then like, I would use my usual like paycheck to like pay for like, you know, the regular things, rent and all that. So yeah, man. <laughs> but dude, it's so wild to think that because like you were also, I mean, like the the whole time you were living up there, I mean, you were doing stuff like with, with school. So like that's already mm-hmm. hard enough as it is. I mean, yeah, like I, I feel like I didn't even mention it, but like uh, like most of what I had to do, I at least had to be in the city or San Francisco for two things. Right. It would be work if I had to work that day, teaching with Pep and then having to um do another thing with like where my partner has to go to work or um what's it called or any other thing right like an event or something so like if i had to i had to make sure that it was worth it to the extent that oh i at least like made my worth of like the seven dollars or the twenty dollars of parking or whatever and sometimes that would happen twice like i would i would you know have to pay for parking but it only lasts till six o'clock and then i have to go a different place and then i'd do like an hourly parking or whatever like it it's very much like again like when people say like oh i love to go to san francisco but i gotta save up because it's expensive i'm like try living it you know like four years dude like like it like i don't try and like um like i try not to think negatively of people that are like coming up here to like experience the bay area which is like amazing because you know the way that it looks like it looks amazing to come but like it's like it's like san diego too right like it's a very much a tourist town, like as a sense of revenue. Right. And then, but most of the people that you see that are working don't see it that way because the people that are in those like tourist attractions and stuff, they're just like trying to get their buck, you know, but they have to like work within either like the tech industry or the, um, uh, they have to work within like the tourist industry just so they can be able to afford in the, like the place that they live that you are visiting, you know what I'm saying? So for me, I had to see that like firsthand. <laughs> but dude, it sounds like it might have been like worth it because I mean, you've been doing stuff. Well, I mean, just to mention it off since you like you mentioned Pep, like I- I'm pretty sure that was like one of the main factors that kept you like going back and forth, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, like, so reflecting on like just like the experience itself was was great, you know, and it still is. I think like it's just a matter of knowing like um from other people's perspectives really like again like even reflective of the project like I really have to see it as I am a visitor in this space and I have to be able to know that not necessarily that I'm not welcome but I always have to know that I had the idea and privilege to be in this space and work with the people that I've been able to work with like because that's like the thing that doesn't like necessarily make me feel as bad because you know going and living in a different area you have to know and recognize like if you're not contributing to it, you're contributing to it in a different way. Not necessarily like actively being like, oh, I'm a gentrifier. I'm trying to be here because like, like it's an amazing place to live in or whatever. But like, but recognizing like for me, I knew that I wasn't here to, to do like, like the usual things. Like I felt, I felt like I haven't even really did any like 
the idea of like what most people visit here for you know i haven't seen um like lombard or whatever i've been to chinatown but like that was more of like i knew people that might have had an event there or i've had to be there for events or even the south of market like south of market um isn't necessarily like a touristy attraction place they have like certain places but it's like historical right like like um like our Ate lily having like archipelago books right or um being able to go to like Bindlestiff, which is like one of the only Filipino, Filipino American, like black box theaters, you know, um, very much like a lively scene of like artists in that area, not necessarily the most pretty and, you know, not a shot to that, but like, it's just a reality. Like there's a lot of homelessness. There's a lot of like drug usage out there. And then there's like just families trying to make it there, you know? So I really didn't see much of it. Like I've done like some things, but like, it's really just like, I've only been here for the community and, and being able to just like see and experience it from the eyes of people that have lived there all their lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like I forgot where, where I was going to go with this, but it's like, it, it's the reality that a lot of people don't really see as often. Like, I mean, just going back to the whole touristy thing, I mean like, yeah, it'll, th- those kind of like realities will like shine here and there, but then mm. like if you're not living there or just like haven't been there for a while, like you don't really get to see like all that, yeah i mean you know and i again i always have to think of it on the other end of that is like yeah they won't see it because it might not be as readily available information you know like being able to uh like i was able to work with like the filipino veterans the veteranos of um san francisco where they're known for being like the filipino world war ii veterans right that didn't necessarily get all the benefits that they got for their service right and even with that, it's like um, being able to see like the conditions and just like the day to day for them versus like, oh, I'm going to go to, um, I don't know, Lombard Street. I think I already said that <laughs> or whatever. I don't even know the name. Um, um, but, you know, it's like, again, it's like uh, readily available information, right? Like I wouldn't know unless it, it kind of worked out for me that I was actively seeking for those things, not necessarily like I was um actively seeking for uh like tourist stuff which is nothing wrong but i'm just saying like my experience is totally different (laughs) Mm. but i mean did a lot of that come from like when you were just working with pep and just doing community stuff well you know what's funny is like it came hand in hand of just like me trying to find a community that i was like wanting for support or even just to not network in the idea that i'm just like oh i'm trying to find like an experience or anything but necessarily like when you're away from home you're you're really trying to find that community that can hold you down away from like who you knew back home right so when i was working in the south of market and it just so happened that both me and my partner were, were like working in the south of market we we like were able to create this like camaraderie with everybody that um we're there for the same reasons if not similar reasons just being able to like go to a show or try to like support people on their actions or something like that you know and um so for me even like with pep right like um where we were teaching like i taught at like three different schools with pep if not, like you know for the reference of the listeners pep is pinoy pinoy educational partnerships so within like pretty much 20 years worth of service to um four different schools right like i pretty much was able to within the three years or four now of being in pep i was um able to be at least at all of them except the elementary school 
And it was it was interesting to be able to be in those spaces because it also gives me another sense of like gr- like of people that are growing up or students that are growing up in a city that is changing like almost every year, if not almost every month kind of thing. And with that experience, like I also had like myself get checked a little that um, I can't teach them in the same way that I would like try to connect with folks that are also from like Southeast Tego, you know, like I had to realize, like I had to understand them first before even really trying to put myself in this position that I know who they are already because it's very similar. Um, but yeah. It's kind of wild to hear that because it's like, I, I'm seeing this amount of growth that you've experienced since you've been in the Bay and everything. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah it's there, there is like some differences, some similarities, but there are a whole bunch of differences between like San Diego and like the Bay area and everything. And it's just like you, you having to readjust yourself and just adapting to that is like, I mean, if that isn't growth, then I don't know what is. Because, like, you can't really just, like, go in there and, like, for, for better word, like, use of the word, like, I don't know if gentrifying is the right word for this. I might be, like, going overboard a little bit, but it's, like, you're you're not pushing, like, I mean, yes, you have, like, your own educational knowledge and background coming from where you came from and everything, but it's, like, you, you kind of have to, like, sit down a little bit just to understand where everyone else is coming from and seeing how they're... I don't know, seeing how they're affected by just, like, everything that's going on. I mean, you know, like, so that's the thing, right? Like, I, even when I was moving up here, I I realized that in some way I'm taking space that could be taken or given to someone that is struggling up here, right? Mm. If anything, most of the time, like, any time that I've had to move has always been through in the idea of who may or may not be community, Right. Um, and I say that because like one of the experiences when I got um, evicted, but it was like a whole, you know, debacle it wasn't really an ev- eviction, but it was just like this, the fear of, of that idea, right? That um, they all came from people that I knew in the community, if not like some kind of like um, friend of a friend kind of thing. So I never really sought out to being like, oh, well, I'm going to live in this area because it's like really dope and, and um, I can definitely like see myself living here. Because I feel like that's like the general idea of like what gentrification is. Like I want to live here for all the like romantic things that are here. You know, San Francisco Bay Area is like a mecca for like like liberal leftist thought, you know, in the general idea. Right. Or for people also on the tech side, like it's just like a dope place that if you can afford it, you can like live anywhere, you know. And but the disparity, it's like it's it's very much apparent. And for me, like I had to see myself like growing like I don't see myself in the idea of the like black and white of like oh gentrifier you know i'm contributing to the community and and seeing it for the reality and not for you know the the things you know like am i going to go to a place that has like the good food and all that but like i'll always go local before it being like some like big chain or something you know like Mm -hmm. i got to see um like filipino uh businesses kind of build up and like even like unfortunately like go down because of like the situation that we're in right now but also knowing like i have some kind of tie to knowing like oh i didn't just go to like um i don't want to like shout out any like places that i might be sounding like <laughs> anything bad but like i didn't just go to that 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 kitschy thing that i i got to see like these different levels of like at least an idea of filipino business if not like people of color that are like thriving or trying to in a city you know um but yeah like i had to really see it from a point of view like I'm here with the idea that I'm trying to move forward in um, 
in a community that I wasn't there for the beginning, but I have to respect and, and understand, you know, I feel like it's really just putting in that effort and knowing like what you're really contributing to um, versus like uh, just seeing it as it is, you know, uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. <laughs> no, that makes a hundred percent sense. And it seems like, or I mean, it doesn't seem like it does. It does reflect a lot more in home and everything, because that's basically like the story that you're telling with that. Cause right. there's a whole bunch of factors and layers that just go into I mean, the struggle and just seeing like what everyone else is going through, what you've gone through and everything. It's like, again, like people do, there is a luxury in the sense that, oh yeah, I could just live out here because like I, I make enough money and everything, but that's not the reality for a lot of people up there. And it's reflecting a lot in, I mean, with this project specifically with Project Home and everything, it's like, yo, this is the actual reality for people that are not in like these big time, like tech industry or whatever, like people that mm -hmm. have been, I don't know, pass down money or whatever. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but I am curious, just like taking a little, a quick little break on just like, I mean, we kind of like went off topic on stuff, stuff, but this has like been good conversation, but like just kind of trailing back to like your, your journey as like an MC and everything. Like, mm. I mean, is there any kind of like dream project you want to pursue or like some kind of project that like, you're currently working on i mean like you've had home that came out like earlier this year and then you recently had uh, mine that came out like recently too like is there any is there like any next big steps for you in terms of just like producing or like emceeing or whatever yeah you know honestly when i saw this question i was just like man like i have like so many ideas that i want to pursue at least in my artistic career that i don't want to let go of um like okay so one is like uh because so if i were to break down even just like my artist name right like i started off with my name first being av lee and then someone told me it sounded like a porn star name and i was like oh bro like <laughs> i was like nope um but also i had context of why i changed it um so i went by the moniker changing it to odd vision and then i also just like reference it to being av because i feel like in the artist world it seems the most like um understandable like you know so it's like still my name but it's not you know and i also use that just like for a nickname for people to just know my name easier um that i wanted to do movies um and i think that's just because my first if anything my first like art that i was very much invested in was movie making and then music has always been consistently on the side um knowing that i just wanted to learn how to do it because i felt like i could and um and I was just like, uh, always wanted to do something like that. So I always try to see if I can do that. Like even in, in home, like I was trying to do like soundscaping, like at least in one of them where the second, um, Ingleside, no Ingleside parking was like, I used a sound from the BART, um, which is like the, you know, transportation system in, in San Francisco. And, um, that to kind of show that like, that was kind of like my first, like, experience living in san francisco getting used to all the sounds and just like the cityscapes and stuff so it was kind of like like if i were to have a dream project it would be like um wanting to make a movie or a short film if anything of um specifically san diego but i also feel like i need to recontextualize it toward um toward like how i could knowing that i've been so far away which might be the story who knows um because it really very much got influenced by um by David Diggs and Rafael Casals, um, uh, blind spotting, 
And because that's so much a love letter to Oakland that I want to do the same for me in Paradise Hills or me in National City, you know, whatever. I feel like Paradise Hills specific, but, you know, um, just because of the fact that, like, it came in in tune with one, they both were actors in it, um, but also seeing them doing, like, two coinciding, like, um, soundtracks for it, that it, it very much shows how much they invested in the community that they had to break away from too as artists you know and um if anything that's like that's my dream project you know just making a movie <laughs> you know it's kind of like did you hear about that concept while you were up there or was this something that was like way before like you even move up to the bay area you know what's funny is like i think i saw a film that was about paradise hills and it was like a filipino family or something but i never so, like i feel like i if i search it up i wouldn't be able to find it unless you have links then i'll totally be down um but it was something that was just like when i was up here it was very much like when i saw blind spotting i was like wow this is how you can have social commentary but also just be able to have like a light-hearted ish film that was just like talking about the day and day live or the day-to-day lives of you know bay area oakland folks which was amazing to me you know you know it's what to actually hear this because i remember one of the things you i I don't remember when it was but i think it might have either been like one of the times you visited back to san diego or before or like sometime like after or before you left to Mm -hmm. the bay area and everything was like there was something about like taking or like learning some stuff over in the bay area and then taking it back home and just seeing where that goes from there yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> I mean, if I were to say, like, the OGs of our community definitely want people to come back after being up here in the Bay Area, man. I mean, I mean, I didn't plan it out that way, right? But part of me wanted to bring it back there because, realistically, it's amazing that I'm able to do the work here um, for folks that I'm invested to helping, you know, because that's just how I feel like should be done if you're living in a different area that isn't your like necessarily your own right but um for me it was like you know at some point I need to be back home to bring back all the things that I learned um whether it being like teaching with pep or working in a nonprofit in the south of market you know like I definitely had like a very transformative experience and not saying that I know everything but I know that I can contribute more to um with the tools that i am able to or that i was able to gain from being here you know so that was always in general the plan not necessarily during a global pandemic but (laughs) but you know like having the time to to uh be there and you know be able to come back and uh to to just like kind of represent and like kind of find my my footing back in the place that kind of like um encourage me to leave but also know when to come back you know it's kind of like i mean this goes into a whole nother layer of like that last track i mean this is really like that full circle kind of thing i think about that all the time dude (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a trip just because it's like like full circles it it was very much like i didn't want it to be like oh this is just like another um this is just another area that i moved into um but it was very much so like me learning what it meant to to have a book end right to my journey up in the bay area i know 
at certain points I was telling myself like I think I'm gonna just stay up here because it's really dope and like it feels more comfortable than like realistically how it was for San like being in San Diego but um I also realized that like that comfort also comes with knowing like it's not as developed in the same way that I know San Francisco to San Diego but that's also something that I shouldn't be necessarily afraid of it's just it's just um knowing like San Diego's way much more like the conservative like town or very capitalistic and there's not necessarily anything wrong with it but there's a lot more to work for in a sense of just like trying to break away or have the conversations you know even like I mean we don't have to go super in depth with it but like I'm, I'm sure you can see like like um there's there's intergenerational differences between like philams in in San Diego whether it's like North County South County or even just like affiliations with different parts of like San Diego you know um so that's always been something that has impeded me from like or you know like had reservations for me to like not go back but also I think now at this point I feel like I can kind of navigate better with the experiences that I've had here knowing like that I know my stuff you know oh yeah no most definitely but like that that whole thing of like intergenerational that in itself could be like its own conversation but I'm like happy to hear (laughs) that because like I don't know this is like I keep going back to like these conversations we had like before like you left and everything and I feel like everything that's been going on with you in the Bay Area and just like how you've grown like and just how your music has been like as of late too it's like I I could see like how much has like happened even though I haven't like I'm not always asking about like what's going on it's just like you're you're actually putting it out there that like you you are changing you're definitely growing you're like taking these experiences and then you're like turning it into something like I don't know something else that's just like okay how can you reframe this and just how could you utilize like what what you're learning and just like I don't know dude, it's like it it's like this whole reunion thing that you were just like saying at the beginning it's like yo we're we're talking about this right now and like our, our mindsets are totally different or not I wouldn't say totally different from like four years ago but it's definitely grown a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the thing too like like generationally like I feel like we have a better chance at um the generation before us if we want to say just like gen x like or whatever <laughs> um to us being like millennial zers or whatever and um and that they have more of an open ear compared to like the generation before them where they would just get shot down easily or just be like oh you're being stubborn you need to listen to me and respect me like not necessarily that's a a bad thing but there's just like it just stops the conversation but i have more faith in like people um whether it's like Philam community or just like you know um like the poc general um community of san diego are willing to have those conversations but we also like have like a mutual respect compared to like the one before us you know Mm. honestly that's that's super big because it's like how how are we going to overcome that if like i don't know if that cycle keeps on going like i have this conversation a lot with people Mm -hmm. and if that like that cycle of just like um stopping someone like right there it's kind of just like yo nothing's gonna be done yeah yeah for sure oh man but that's just like oh there there, there's so much i could go into that honestly like uh but i'm I'm happy that like your journey up to the bay from like san diego has i don't know brought you these kinds of lessons to like take back to like to san diego or wherever like you're gonna be going because it's like yo it's it's showing a lot 
you know honestly too like if i were to even think about it in a sense of music too is like i don't know what it'd be like for my music to be received if not in san diego because i feel like yeah i could play like um like if i were to go to um, a hip-hop like event i mean maybe not right now right but um uh like if i i felt like at a certain point that it's more digestible or understood in what i rap in my music to the bay area compared to san diego because i always felt like it was it wasn't everyone's cup of tea but i feel like i also like that would stop me from trying to you know be okay in my hometown like i'm not a gangster rapper i'm not necessarily like um like i don't see myself as like being like a backpack or um like conscious rapper and the idea that i'm like trying to put you on game of all these theories or talking about like specific like political um ideologies and stuff i'm just seeing it as like as an individual as a filipinx american as like someone that has lived in different areas and know like to the general public and honestly to like where when i talk to my dad about my music to something that's digestible for him to recognize what i'm trying to say like when i find when i um finally release mind you know it was kind of like one of those things like yeah i have political opinions embedded in it but like it's not as direct which you know some people will be like well what are you trying to say um but for me like as an artist i feel like i've been able to at least show it in a way of a very individual but like hopefully relatable approach you know what i'm saying um so that's why for me i have like this reservation like okay i'm gonna be doing music in san diego and it's different from when i was doing it before and i'm just trying to see is like well this is just who i am you can take it or leave it i know i need to at least come in with the bars or people are going to be like this is whack you know <laughs> but um i definitely have a reservation but it's still there like i'm i'm not gonna like let it bring me down because at a certain point that's like part of the reason why I, I i thought i would never be able to do it in san diego but that's that's really big too because it's like i mean the only thing you really can be is yourself when it comes to like your music and everything like it, it sucks to say this but like i see a lot of people like here in san diego that are like trying the mc game or whatever i mean there there are some like dope cats out here but then there, there's a lot of people just like oh let's just spit bars or whatever or just like let's make this like nice party beat or whatever i mean that's cool and everything but it's just like if, if that's not your cup of tea then it's like it's not your cup of tea if you just want to write or just like spit whatever like you're you're feeling whatever that's totally mm -hmm. fine like you need to just be yourself when it comes to that i mean like i guess people won't understand it like at to some degree but then maybe that's not like what they should be touching at that moment maybe they should take some time to just like sit down or whatever and just try to figure out what what they need and everything but i'd, I'd rather you just like figure out like your journey what like what you need like it doesn't even have to be like so direct like if it if it resonates with someone then it resonates like you're you're doing your job like as right. an MC and you're like you're doing your job to yourself as an artist and like that's the only way you really can be authentic with yourself yeah i mean i felt like i i definitely had um mentioned when i said it in heart check that i'm like done with my chismo you know cuz like i get it like you know part of like a hip hop culture has been embedded in the idea that you need to be this like like i don't know how to explain it um that you have to be this kind of like like alpha whatever you know um trying to be like i'm here with the bars and like that's like that's what's it because like i feel like 
most things from San Diego is like gangster rap or like stuff like that, you know? I mean, and I'm not necessarily trying to do that. And I'm not necessarily trying to be in an R&B tip either, you know? Um, But like, I'm just trying to carve out my own like space that like, no matter what it is, this is San Diego rap, whether you say it or not, it's just like not what is necessarily, because I'm from there. Like, I can't really say that it's not necessarily San Diego rap. It's just like not the what you're expecting. And I think that's where I'm trying to be, at least as an artist now, where I'm just seeing it like, well, it is what it is. Like, you can like it or not, but I think it's good. I know I don't have whack bars, <laughs> like, like, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> no, that's straight up, though, because it's like, I mean, with, with your recent project, mine, that's kind of just like reclaiming that aspect of yourself like yo i'm 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 dope i like what i do like i'm I'm gonna keep doing it if people don't like it then like yo dude just whatever this is not like your cup of tea but i know what i'm saying and i know what i'm like feeling and everything and it's valid at the end of the day yeah like i don't i feel like even um in my own experience like kind of bringing it back to like bamboo or um prometheus brown right like they are who i wanted to be at the time when I started really getting serious about writing about my experiences, but they're not everything that I want in the music I want to listen to. And then I think I'm trying to find my way in similar ways to um, have the same kind of like impact of my voice, but not necessarily copy what they're doing, you know? Um, Cause it isn't necessarily like I can, I can kind of get like where everybody is even like when bringing in like Ruby, you know, like the reason why I like Ruby so much is um being able to like she's not necessarily in those like those two I guess like at first like those two um lanes right conscious and like gangster conscious rap you know whatever um but I also feel like um my duty as an artist um is not to be stereotypically like like a hard rapper or whatever cuz that's not necessarily who I am and I'm never going to play myself as that you know, and I actually thought I had to for like a little bit just because I thought it would be um, that's the pocket that I'm in, you know, uh, but I also don't want to like enforce, if not like feel like I need to be that person just because I am this like big Filipino dude or whatever, you know, uh, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, dude, honestly, I think that's the going back to that whole machismo thing. It's like it's kind of just like survival of the fittest in, in mm-hmm. terms of like emceeing and everything because people also see it as like a kind of. I don't know some kind of like a game as well like in the sense that oh you kind of have to be like on top of everyone else like you kind of have to dominate a little like a little bit but like that doesn't I mean yeah sure the competition is nice but it's like dude there's no need to like compete to that level or whatever it's like yo just be yourself be that like kind of authentic person like you don't have to rap like everyone else I mean Mm -hmm. that goes onto the whole like individualistic side of like hip-hop and everything like you the whole like reason behind it is like yo you kind of just want to like at least now anyway it's like yo you're just trying to be yourself because it's like if you're trying to be like someone else i mean that's basically biting at that point mm-hmm. and also i need to make it like a point too because sometimes i like i feel like i um try and fit myself into a mold that's consumable to people but also it's just like me understanding it for myself too is that i am non-binary so like i have to make sure that even for myself, I caught myself earlier saying Filipino instead of Filipinx, but like that's also another debate that we don't need to get into in this podcast. But <laughs> um, that I 
I have to see myself as this artist too, regardless of the fact that if it's like consumable to people or not, because that is who I am and how I identify. Will I have that conversation with every single person? Probably not if they're not like willing to have the conversation. But like, that's also another thing, like most like um, mask presenting like artists won't necessarily talk about their gender or try to like it. There's like some like little shout outs to it in in mind um, for myself and like why I also talk about machismo. But like, it's just like one of those things like where I have to make sure that I clearly and succinctly am able to um, represent that because that is who I am, even though I might not say it, you know, all the time. Oh, dude, that's that's another embodiment. That's another like level of of authenticity right there because it's exactly. like again you you have if you're gonna be yourself as much as possible then w- whether it be subtle or very like direct like there is like that um point of addressing like oh this is who i am at the end of the day yeah take it or leave it exactly oh man okay so since we're actually at that point for the advice section i mean since we are talking about like whole authenticity or something like what what does it look like for someone to be like their most authentic self when it comes to like their own form of artistry? Like what what is your take on that? I mean, as simple as just being like, I feel like I've wrote it so many times for myself and for others to be like, write what you do in real life. Because realistically, like there's times where I've met like artists that will be like, I'm here for the people, but there's only certain people, you know? kind of going into the gender bit or going into like um like there's like the conscious writer that will talk about community and use that community as a stepping stone to like showing what kind of artist they want to be but necessarily you find some dirt not like I'm like actively looking but you just hear it in the community and then find out that they're just as crappy as any other person not necessarily not dehumanizing that person but however recognizing like Okay, if you're writing all this stuff, you have to realize that being authentic for yourself is being able to at least recognize that there's some stuff you need to work on. Like, mm. if anything, like, like for for mind specifically, I was writing that from a place where, I mean, most of it is coming from like writing in in quarantine, you know. And uh, for the most part, is like being self reflective, like to go into like genius breakdown stuff in the first verse of Heart Check. I'm talking about my relationship with like whether it's like masculinity or you know the male gender being reflective of how I act in that way based off of how I've seen it modeled by my dad you know whether it's like and it's not in this in depth but just like to give a perspective is like whether it's like how I understand and unpack my emotions how I understand how to um specifically channel my anger or power in my voice you know and also understanding like what that means for um you know what I want to do and change is really in the idea if I were to make it like pinpoint it to a theory is like basically being able to try to break like generational boundaries that or traumas that um I've been able to kind of understand through interviews of my dad and recognizing like you know, a lot of things is like for him and I like reflectively is just trying to see it like him and I are both in this like space, like him being like in his like almost in his 60s and I'm like in my mid 20s of understanding like what does it mean to leave like a legacy or to leave like a mark on the world after like the things that we've gone through, you know, and my dad's still figuring this out to this day because he's still like 
trying to shuffle and I'm trying to do the same in, in my own way, like where it's like my professional and my personal like legacy or, or um, my like just my life, right? So when it comes down to being authentic, I feel like for most folks, like I just would like that whatever you write down, whatever you say and pretty much perform, like you know at the end of the day that you're not just saying that for people to hear because of the buzzword, right? For inclusivity or just because of like, it's like the hot thing, but you, you believe in what you say and you do what you say. And I always feel like I need to do that for myself. And sometimes I'm like writing myself um, or writing my bars to write to myself, to remind myself like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that person to write like, you know, these activist bars. Like I'm going to be like, oh, I'm here for the people and I'm here for the women or whatever. But like at the end of the day, if it's behind like things for the women or whatever, like, is it really genuine? may or may not be but like at the end of the day like now for me and i'm literally speaking about myself back in the day <laughs> um that uh that for me it has to come from like self-reflection and understanding because at the end of the day like uh, people will look at that music and if they they knew you as a person and if they knew you as the artist too then it'll be reflective of like what you're actually doing you know you know that's something that i don't see a lot of people actually talking about and i'm really happy that you mentioned it because it's like Oh, you could you you could spit a battle rap, or you could like you could call someone out on a track or something. But are you really calling yourself into like mm-hmm. mu- music in itself is like self reflection and just you you're essentially storytelling in that kind of way. Like music is a storytelling platform, and it's like if you're not like it, sure you could talk about like the surface level of stuff, but it's just like are you are you really like digging deep into that authentic self if you're not checking yourself once in a while? Yeah. For sure. Because, you know, like, like what's kind of wild, man, is like being a fan of beat rock and um, and then being up here in the Bay where most of the artists are. It's kind of wild how close you are just to see like the growth of these like artists and just even like on like at least a name to name basis that you're that close, you know, because I mentioned Ruby earlier, like there's times at least where I've tried and had like conversations to be like, oh, I'm gonna send you a beat. And like, she's always like very genuine, but very busy. So it's like, it's kind of one of those things, like she's at least mostly of who she is um, on, you know, on stage as well as she is like in person, you know, and that's like not rare, but like you definitely see it like, like um, where there's artists who may switch it up, but like not necessarily be in a bad or, or, you know, worse place or anything, but it just, you can see that, uh, the way that they may navigate and especially like i'm gonna just call it out as like male rappers generally are like that you know where they'll they'll say one thing and then it might be like still super machismo like weird shit at the end you know <laughs> um but that's just like my two cents oh no dude 100 percent. because it's like th- there are a lot of I-, I can't even think of any one off the top of my head but yeah that does happen a lot mm-hmm. and even like some people like i've listened to into the past i'm like that's the kind of energy that they're embodying and everything like yeah that's it it sucks that that's the only way like i'm seeing them but then like looking them at like a real perspective is like yo that's not really you but then again like when you mentioned like ruby and everything i don't think it's her either but i feel like it's also not shown as much Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. i mean there's also that boundary of just like who you're letting in to see who the real you is for sure for sure ah but man that was a that was a really good conversation and i think like (laughs) I know we've had like conversations in the past, but like 
this is one of those ones that like kind of it was a nice little catch up but it, like we also didn't scratch this is like barely scratching the surface of just like the stuff we talked about like i'm pretty sure we could like we could go deeper but it's like yo this is this is literally just a regular conversation like straight up definitely i mean like it it's nice because i had all these intentions with like my my projects and stuff but i've rarely been able to speak about it um so it's kind of nice to be able to kind of like unpack on the the project side and just knowing like you know we could chop it up because we're community you know like even though we like barely skated to to like um working together directly but we still like are like the love is still there and the community is still there you know yo that's what's up man and thank you for like showing a lot of love because like this conversation has been like really amazing too and like i've been wanting to hear more about like these projects that you have up and just like everything that like you've been putting forth and it's just like you've mentioned it in the past but it's like actually really nice or even more nice to actually hear you like talk it out a little bit more and just elaborate on why these projects are the way they are and it's just like yo i really appreciate you for uh getting down for today man it's like it's an honor to have you on here for sure thank you so much man but before we end off like this uh, little episode and everything, were there any like shout outs or any plugs that you wanted to give before we ended off? Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't really think of that. Uh, <laughs> I think for the most part, like for those that are listening, listen to home, listen to mind. Um, I'm planning on doing more um, projects on like my YouTube channel. And depending on when this goes out, I'm not too sure. Um, I'm also going to be doing a show, the XOXO show which is um, like a LGBTQ queer based like um, Philippine X like um, show that was kind of in um, response to the X and O a conversation for the Philippine X community. Um, but very much that's happening this Saturday. Is there going to be recording that? Cause I think this, just looking behind the scenes this is actually i think this is actually coming out in, in november but yeah oh, shit. is, is there gonna be a recording of that somewhere yeah there'll be a recording of that so um definitely i'll send it to you dude and then we'll be able to like coordinate it for sure yo that'll be in the link make sure to check it out but yo dude thanks again for showing up today it's been an amazing episode and thank you for giving such a amazing vi- an amazing vibe for today yeah dude it's always nice to be able to like talk to folks you know heck but- yeah man and that and that being said Yo, dude, thank you again for, like, this episode. Thank you all for supporting, like, so far. It's been a very amazing season. There's going to be a more dope uh, guest like Avril and, like, the rest of the, the cast that have been here on or on here so far. So, again, thank you all for supporting thus far, and we shall catch you on the next episode. Peace out.